To Be Decided podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Isaac. How are you doing today, Isaac? I'm doing well, doing well. Hype for this second episode. We got a lot of good stuff planned for you guys today. Yeah, big let's things just jump coming. Right into it. Big things coming. All right, let's, let's start out with the draft lottery from yesterday night. Um, I really, as a Celtics fan, wasn't too concerned over what was playing out, but you as a Thunder fan had a lot more on the line. So what do you have to say about yesterday evening for yourself? I think the least I can say as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan was just disappointment. Obviously, could have had two top five picks, ended up with six. I do believe in Sam Presti, though. Maybe he can make some big moves, and hopefully we can get this team going into the rebuild mode. But a lot of a lot of good stuff. Obviously, the Pistons end up with a number one pick, the Rockets number two, Cavs number three, Raptors number four, and Magic number five to round out the top five. How do you think that these five teams are going to be able to develop, and who who do you think they're going to be drafting? Really, it's the question. Actually, um, the Pistons are a team that just just a couple years ago had a very bleak future. But I'm looking at their roster right now, and I think with Cade Cunningham, they're going to have a great young starting five. If you look at the backcourt of Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham, that is a beautiful future. And then at the forwards, you got Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, both young, both already looking good. And then Isaiah Stewart at the five, that is a young, scary starting five. I agree. Lots of stuff also to be known here. The Minnesota Timberwolves and Bulls, two not very good teams. They end up not even getting picks. Obviously, the Magic, it was top four protected originally for the Bulls. It fell out of the top four. The Magic get the pick, and the Warriors snag the Timberwolves pick. This Warriors team could be deadly. They have two top 14 picks. How do you see this team doing next season as – they're going to have a lot of assets, including Clay Thompson returning and James Wiseman back from injury. They got a lot of potential. I really don't see an outcome where Golden State holds on to both of those picks. I mean, I could see them maybe holding on to one or trading on both ultimately because this isn't a team that's building for the future. This is a team that wants to get another championship onto Steph and Clay's resume as soon as possible. And I think they're going to move those picks ultimately. And I'm not sure for who yet, but – um. I think there's going to be a couple stars available this offseason. So we'll, we'll see what happens with them. And another thing I wanted to say from the draft lottery last night is obviously the Pistons are our biggest winner. But another winner that we haven't really talked about is the Orlando Magic, okay? They're walking away with the fifth pick and the eighth pick. I mean, I think that those two picks can do absolute wonders for a franchise that already has a promising young core, including Markel Fultz, Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, and Cole Anthony. So I think – Something something there in Orlando is brewing. They were tired of being the eight seed every year. They're finally going into rebuild mode, and I think it's actually going to work out great for them. Yeah, the first time they're pulling the trigger and just blowing up the roster, and they end up with two top ten picks, and this is a loaded draft class, a very guard-heavy draft class. They they need guards. Obviously, they're a little crammed down low. They got Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba, who two are young and developing bigs in this league. Jonathan Isaac battling injury, but he's going to be back next season. He's going to be a great asset. I think they really do have a bright future. And then one more thing I wanted to tag along before we move on is another big winner. They were projected late in the top 10. They ended up jumping up the Toronto Raptors. They get the fourth pick. Obviously, they've had a lot of ups and downs. Very former champions. Kyle Lowry could be on the move, and now they end up with the fourth pick. How do you feel this team's going to utilize this pick? Um, 
I could really see them going with a guy like Jalen Suggs to pair next to Fred Van Fleet. We've already seen that he is very good at playing alongside a ball handler with Kyle Lowry. And I, I don't feel like Kyle Lowry is going to be returning this offseason. So it might be time for them to get another guard. And I really think they have a bright future. And I think they're going to bounce back and make the playoffs next year because you still got Fred Van Fleet. You still got Pascal Siakam. You got OG Ananobi. I think maybe trade trade or sign a center in the offseason, draft Jalen Suggs, and I think they'll be looking great for next year. Yeah, primary primary scorer Jalen Suggs has proven to be a very deadly scorer. Lots of stuff coming up with that team. Speaking of a lot of scoring, we had a great, great game two in the conference finals. The Clippers versus Suns, back-to-back, going at it. A couple of injuries, they ended up coming back. What were your initial thoughts on this entire game as a whole? Uh, first thing, biggest takeaway from this game is Cameron Payne, man, he has really turned his career around. And last night, last night, if you blinked, you would have thought he was Chris Paul. You really would have. I mean, the guy put up 29 points, nine assists, and zero turnovers. That's a big-time player right there. And second takeaway is, I mean, when is Paul George going to stop choking? I mean, it's, it's happening so <laughs> it consistently. I mean, he actually had a decent fourth quarter up until those free throws. And, I mean, we've seen stars miss a free throw before, but to go ahead and miss both is just absolutely unacceptable from a guy that you want to lead your franchise, especially without Kawhi Leonard. It's That's just not acceptable from a star in PG-13. And, I mean, eventually, if he doesn't produce in these big games, I think the Clippers should move off of him and get a guy who can actually perform next to Kawhi Leonard. I agree completely. I mean, starting off, it wasn't really a spectacular game for him. He didn't really shoot the best from three. He actually shot very poorly from three. But other than that, he was all right. But back to the Cameron Payne thing, I'm repping the Murray State. Cameron Payne, the Murray State alum, he has proven to be a very good role player. And including role players, we got one of the the greatest game winners I've seen in under a second. DeAndre Aiden, the tip in for the win. I actually thought this game was over. I did not expect them to do it, and they did it. What are your I thoughts on that? I wouldn't call that man a role player. That guy is becoming a star in front of our very eyes. And that is true. Honestly, this is a guy who, I mean, he deserves he deserves moments like these because he's gotten a lot of disrespect because he's not Trey Young. He's not Luka Doncic. The Suns could have had one of those guys. They opted to go with DeAndre Aiden. But at the end of the day, just because he's not living up to the expectations that those guys set, doesn't mean he hasn't been he hasn't been a very good player for them. All right, he went number one, and he maybe hasn't been an all star yet, and he's not looking like a superstar at this point in his career. But he's developing, and he's a very good center. And I see top three center potential in that guy. I really do. So stop disrespecting DeAndre Ayton, and let's all just acknowledge that even though he's not what Luca is, and he's not what Trey Young is, this guy's a stud in the NBA. He's a great player. Dropped twenty four and fourteen. We talked about it last episode on the podcast, these role players like Cameron Payne and Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson shot five for five. He had 11 points. He played great off the bench. Mikel Bridges did all right. Devin Booker was great. Obviously, a lot of upside to this team. I'm not really sure how this this series is going to play out. Not the first time, like we said, the Clippers have been down 2-0. They've actually been down every series this playoffs. Do you think they got any chance of coming back? Ultimately, I think if uh, Kawhi Leonard doesn't return, um, it's going to be Suns in five. I do think the Clippers will be able to pick one up at home. 
But that's about it because we know Chris Paul is coming back, so the Suns team is going to be even better. And if there's no Kawhi Leonard, I think it's over for the Clippers. But Kawhi Leonard does return. I see a possibility for the Clippers to ultimately win the series. I would still probably predict the Suns to win it, even if Kawhi returns. But the Clippers actually have a pretty decent chance if Kawhi does come back. With that being said, it doesn't look like he will be. There's obviously a lot of ACL concerns there. Um. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna go with Suns in five this series. My thing too. I mean, I heard. I'm pretty sure. Don't 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 count me on this one. But I did see Chris Paul should be returning for Game Three. Yeah, so, he, he's gonna be coming back for Game Three. So with that in mind, th- that would mean Cameron Payne's off the bench now. Now you got Cameron Payne and Cam Johnson off the bench. Two great players. I I really think if Kawhi Leonard, who like you said is doubtful, I I don't think this Clippers team has much in them. They could obviously not going to count them out yet. They made the conference finals for a reason. They've been battling down all all playoffs, but that was with Kawhi Leonard. They don't have him anymore. So I I I could see maybe maybe the Clippers take two maybe, but I'm also going to go Suns and five for this one. I think that's going to be wraps in five. Yeah, with all that being said, though, the Clippers still deserve a lot of respect. I mean, without Kawhi Leonard winning two games against Utah, getting their team to the Western Conference Finals for the first time, hearing all the disrespect from Lakers fans and casual NBA fans continuing to disrespect that Clippers franchise, I'm happy for them. And I think next year with Kawhi Leonard back, uh, this might be a little bold, but I think with Kawhi Leonard back next year, they're the favorites to come out of the West next year. I really do think that. I mean, don't count them out yet. I mean, these two games, they, they've been very close. Obviously, a one-point loss last night, but they lost by six the first game. So these games have been close, so they could go either way. We're going to see, though. We're going to find out how this how the series will ultimately play out. But, yeah, I mean, lots of lots of unknowns. All right, uh, next thing I wanted to cover was my favorite team, the Boston Celtics, finally finding our head coach in Ime Udoka. I'm very excited about this. This guy has seven years of experience under Greg Popovich, as well as a year with both Philly and Brooklyn. This guy's coached with some greats. Um, he's definitely paid his dues as an assistant coach, and he's ready to be a head coach. And uh, obviously, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum have some experience with him playing in the World Cup last year. So I really think this guy is uh, A-plus home run higher for the Boston Celtics. And I think that next year they're going to look like a whole different team and finish top four in the East. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of, I mean, a lot of coaching changes. We still have a couple teams that are left without a coach, including the Orlando Magic, the Pelicans, the Mavs, obviously Rick Carlisle leaving, the Wizards, Pacers, and Blazers. And speaking of Blazers, Becky Hammond is now in the finalists for that job. I think she would be a great coach. She would be the first female head coach in the NBA, in NBA history. What are your thoughts on just these other teams and how they're going to really develop and finding a coach for their future? Um, with the Trailblazers, I love Becky Hammond, and I'm actually going to be bringing up her name very shortly, but I think the right hire for them is Chauncey Billups. I think Damian Lillard really wants an, a point guard to be their coach. He wanted Jason Kidd. Uh, obviously, that's not going to work out. But I think Chauncey Billups would be the perfect coach for the Trailblazers, somebody Dane can resonate with, somebody the team is going to respect. He's going to demand that respect. And I think 
if any coach has enough influence to get that Trailblazers team to start locking down on defense and actually putting some more effort in than they did this year, I think it's going to be Chauncey Billups. So I think that is the hire for them. Um, and getting back to Becky Hammond, I see a team that I talked about earlier in this very podcast, and a lot of young players, a lot of young talent. I like the youth movement that's going on in Orlando. And I think Ooh. Becky Hammond would be the perfect coach there. She's she's young. She's new. I just think that you putting her in Orlando is just the perfect situation. Orlando hasn't had a lot of, you know, good publicity. You know, we've, they've been known as a franchise that's been chasing the eight seed, not doing much. But I think if you go with this youth movement, you get in the first female coach, and it's not just that she's a female. She has plenty of experience. She, Greg Popovich oh, sure. loves her. The greatest basketball mind. I think she fits perfectly in Orlando. Yeah, don't count her out. She – she, like you said, she's been under Greg Popovich for all these years. I mean, it's only a matter of time before she turns into one of those great basketball minds. Greg, Greg Popovich, one of the greatest to ever do it in the coaching world. Lots, lots, of, lots of stuff going on. I want to also bring your attention to the Washington Wizards. Obviously, Scott Brooks leaving. There's a lot of unknowns with this team. Do they blow their team up? Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, obviously, towards getting towards the back end of his career. Bradley Beal has got a little bit more time obviously playing some of the best basketball he had in his career. I shouldn't say a little more time, but lots of unknown for this team. How do you really see this team really growing? The Washington Wizards, if I was a head coach, out of all the vacancies, would be the very last team I'd want to go to. <laughs> if you, they have no direction, all right? You got guys like Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura, young guys, but they're not building around them. And then you have guys like Beal and Westbrook, but they're not building around them either. They're, this team has no continuity. There's, like, no direction. They have no cap space because they got two guys on max deals. Westbrook's only getting older. Beal, I, I mean, he's been loyal so far, but eventually he's going to want that one outright. Um, Agreed. Denny Avdia needs the ball in his hand, and so do these two young star guards that they have. I, I really just – I don't know where you go if you're the Wizards. If I was running that team – I would try to trade Beal and Westbrook and go with a youth movement, but this is really a team that has no sort of direction. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. They don't even have a top 14 pick. They're sitting at 15. So, like, maybe do they want to, like, try to trade Bradley Beal, maybe Russell Westbrook? Bradley Beal, obviously, the number one target because he's really got the most value out of the two. But, like, do you want to maybe move him to the Warriors or something like that? to really just get into this top 14? Because this is, like we said, a loaded draft class. And I really think that Denny Advia, he is a great player. But of all the players, I just really didn't see the best fit for him in Washington. So, I mean, I don't really know how that's going to work out in the long run. Davis Bertans is on a kind of lengthy deal. Do we even want him around anymore? A lot of unknowns for that team. Like you said, no direction from that team. Don't really know the future. That leaves us to just a couple more teams, the Pacers, Mavs, and the Pelicans, those three teams, obviously, Stan Van Gundy, is it? Yeah, Stan Van Gundy left. He They decided to part ways. Rick Carlisle decided to call it quits, and then that leaves the Pacers. I, I really think – I want to I put our eyes to the Pacers real quick because this is a team that they have a future. They've got four young guys, Demonte Sabonis, Brogdon, Laverde, and Turner. They have a future between these guys, TJ Warren getting back from injury, how do you see this team really coming in the future? Um, 
Actually, the perfect head coach for them is, in my opinion, is a guy you just mentioned, Rick Carlisle. I think he should go ahead and go to Indiana, and I think Indiana should be calling him right now, scheduling a meeting. I think it works for both sides. He's been around a while. He's got some experience. He can get these young guys to listen to him. He can get that team to go out, put their heart and soul on the floor. And um, I like the players you mentioned. I think they're all good players, but I don't necessarily think that the Miles Turner and Sabonis thing is working. I think you ship off Turner that's and true. roll with Sabonis. Wanna... That's true. And I was they... just going to say, if you want to build around the two, definitely Sabonis so he can keep going. Yeah, you want Sabonis. Uh I've heard rumors that they might part ways with Malcolm Brogdon. If I was managing Indiana, I would not even consider that. He's he's literally the ideal prototype point guard. He's got the passing. He's got the defending. He's got the shooting. They got to hold on to him, in my opinion. You got the scoring guard as well in Levert. They have a lot of things that I like. I just think they need a little bit more, and I would start with moving off of Turner and trying to get a little bit of draft capital. Maybe a team like Golden State would do it if if they think that Wiseman isn't ready to be their starting big next year. And if not, uh, I don't see a whole lot of teams that would be desperate for a Miles Turner. So it would be interesting to see who would ultimately step up and trade for him. But I do think that Indiana should move off of him. I, I, I agree. I was going to say, for that Miles Turner, it just popped up to my mind. OKC has traded two bigs over the past week. They they have Tony Bradley. He's he's not he's not in the long term plans. I believe maybe the Oklahoma City Thunder can make a trade for Miles Turner. I feel like that would be an, an ideal ideal lineup. Obviously, not many big, so he would be the starter. It all depends with this draft. Sam Presti is is a wizard when it comes to trades. So he owns almost every pick over the past over the next six years. So we're we're gonna see what happens with that Pacers team. We got two more teams though to go through. That is the Dallas Mavericks and the New Orleans Pelicans. You can talk with whichever one you want first, and I'll just go on from there. Um, I think Dallas is a very weird situation because if you are a head co- or trying to become a head coach and you don't have a job and you see Luka Doncic, that is a team you want to be coaching. I mean, it, this never happens where a, a young star, he's got – what, 10 great years ahead of him, maybe more? Maybe more, yeah. Yeah, who has a coaching vacancy. That never happens. I mean, go back, look throughout history. That that very rare – the last time I can think of that happening is when the Bulls fired their head coach with Michael Jordan before they hired Phil Jackson. I mean, this doesn't happen very often. But at the same time, you have an owner in Mark Cuban who can sometimes be controlling, and you might not be able to implement – your own system and make your own choices. And I feel like Mark Cuban just, even though Luca's great, he's clearly the most important piece in that franchise. Sometimes I feel like he gets a little too much power in that franchise. And, um, but I still think it's a place I would want to be if I was a head coach. I think they should go with a younger head coach. Um, I, I don't have too many names in mind. Maybe Kenny Atkinson could work there from the Clippers. And uh, another good one would maybe be uh, – I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Uh, Jack Vaughn. I think it's Jack from from the Nets. He did very good for them as their head coach in the bubble last year because uh, Kenny Atkinson had been fired. So I think he'd be a good hire as well. But uh, the Mavs are a little bit of a confusing team. I'm not 100% sure where they're going to go with their coaching. 
another worry I'd have if I was their coach is if they're going to be able to move off of Porzingis because say what you want about him, he's not worth that contract. Whether you're a Porzingis believer, a Porzingis hater, I think we can all agree he's not playing up to that max contract deal, and it's definitely in the best interest interest of the Dallas Mavericks to move off of him. Yeah, obviously injury prone and just lack of consistency over this past season. Lots of concerns, but if I'm the Dallas Mavericks, I'm doing everything in my power to make sure Luka Doncic is is healthy and he wants to be there. Obviously, I saw some news where there was just concerns that he would stay long term. Obviously, the Supermax is going to be signed most likely by Luka joining, rejoining the Mavs, but this team hasn't really been able to build around him. Obviously, lots of unknowns. Tim Hardaway, Josh Richardson, all these guys, they're on expiring deals. Tim Hardaway really locked in as the second-best player throughout these playoffs towards the end of the season with KP being out. I don't know if you want that guy being your second-best player. I don't know if it's possible. I don't even know if they have enough cap to bring him back. So, I mean, like you said, it's, it's a very odd spot to be in, but I'd like to be in – if I'm Mark Cuban and I'm, if I'm the Dallas Mavericks, I'm doing everything I can to make sure Luka is happy because you lose Luka. Oh, goodness, that, that, that franchise is in some trouble. We got one more team now, the New Orleans Pelicans. They got a lot of young talent. They've got a lot of lot of young talent. Brandon Ingram, Zion, Lonzo, Jackson Hayes, even. Um, what are what are your thoughts? I mean, Stan Van Gundy leaving after just one season. Um, the day Stan Van Gundy got hired, I thought to myself, that is an absolutely terrible hire. It made no sense to me from the get go. I I think that was an atrocious hire. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean. He's so old school, and he's coaching this, like, new generation, young stars team. It never made sense to me. I think for them, um, even, like, I don't have a problem with them getting, like, an older coach, like Sam and Gunny, but he's just so old school, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. You want someone who understands the way basketball works today and stuff. uh, And I think a good hire for them would potentially be Sam Cassell, would be a good head coach for them. Uh, Darvin Ham. Also, it's an option they could go with. Um, or uh, I, I mean, those are probably the best two choices. Yeah, just to pick up on Sam Gundy before I move on, but Sam Gundy doesn't really have the most accomplished coaching career, you could say. Obviously, wasn't very successful with the Pistons, and signed him for four years. And I mean, even just straight out blatant, he was in the broadcasting business for while he wasn't in the NBA, and just the stuff he said was just kind of clueless at times. So, like, you really have your questions when you're the Pelicans signing him to a four-year deal and then just ending up firing him after one year. So, I mean, that team's got a lot of young talent for the future. Can they find their coach? We'll, we'll see, obviously. Uh, yeah, another thing I wanted to say about them is I like Lonzo. I think he's a nice young player, but based off of the confidence issues he showed throughout his career, and the fact that he's very inconsistent, and I know he's going to be getting offered a lot of money in free agency. I think if I'm the Pelicans, I'm letting Lonzo Ball walk. And I think I'm building around the two established stars I have in Zion and Brandon Ingram. And then also, I think I might move Jackson Hayes because Brandon Ingram being a decent shooter and Zion really not being a shooter at all. Um, I think you want a shooting big who could run yeah. the for them. And right now also, they got Steven Adams, so he's not really – he's more of a fundamental big, so not really what you want to see. 
I think a perfect big for them would be Al Horford. Obviously, he just got moved, so it's unlikely they could get him. But just one of those types of players, a guy who can shoot the three and play make at the five spot would be perfect for them. Um, not too many names are coming to mind right now, but I know there's a few of them out there they could go for. And then um, for the guard positions, I like Kyra Lewis. I think they should roll with him. And uh, I think they should try to retain Josh Hart as well as sort of a utility player. He rebounds very well for a guard. He can shoot. He can play with his back to the basket. I think he's a guy they should look to keep. And I also think they should try to find some role players in the draft. They don't need any more star power. They just need to find some guys who can hold the team together. They need some glue players, and they need some shooters. Um, Back to the point guard thing, I think also – Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he has shown a lot of promising games. I really think he outshined Kyra Lewis Jr. He, he got a couple games where he started. He dropped a couple 30-point games from here and there. I think they do have a bright future, but like you said, I, I really think they need to address their bigs and role players to the future. Yeah, um, also with shooting, I mean, they had J.J. Redick. That looked like it was – going to be a good move. He added a lot of shooting, but clearly that didn't work out. Now he's in Dallas, which I don't even think he played a game for Dallas. I think he got injured. Yeah, yeah, I think he got injured. But, um, yeah, so they just need to find some shooting. Hopefully some players who are a little more athletic than J.J. Reddick because you don't want anyone who's going to be a liability on the other side of the ball. But there's there's some players that are going to be available in free agency that I definitely think they should take a look at. So I think the future is bright in New Orleans as long as uh, their general managing can make some smart decisions. All right. We're going to talk about, speaking of non-shooting, someone who actually cannot shoot at all, Ben Simmons. A lot of news over the past couple of days since the Sixers got eliminated. He, he, Stephen A. Smith heard from an inside man. He doesn't work hard. He's got a lot of family just babying him around. That's going to lead us into a segment that I want to read off a couple of trades to you. Are you going to take these trades or are you just going to leave these trades? It's six trades of just a couple teams. Should You're going to tell me, are, would you pull the trigger if you were these teams or are you just going to leave these trades behind? Obviously, we're going to end off with a little Ben Simmons trade. The first one we got here, it, it features the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Dallas Mavericks, a name that we have brought up last episode and we also have brought up a lot this episode. The other player, it is a Kristaps Porzingis for Kemba Walker swap. So this would feature... KP, Dwight Powell, and just a haul of three picks, three first-round picks for Kemba Walker. Are you going to take this or leave this deal? So they're giving up Porzingis and three first-round picks? And and three first-round picks. These are all these are all um, protected picks. All of these um, are – If I was protected. the Thunder, I would take that immediately. And if I was the Dallas, I would not make that ch- – if I was the Mavericks, sorry. I would never make that trade. You're giving up three first and Porzingis? No way. Not not for an, another guy who's injury prone and inconsistent in Kemba Walker. He's also older than Porzingis. Maybe if he was straight up, I would consider it. But with adding in three first round picks, no way I'm doing that if I'm Dallas. Yeah, obviously as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I love this trade from start to finish. Obviously getting off of Kemba Walker and just getting Chris Stops, who's not very good, but he's shown his, he's shown his signs of life. And obviously a haul of even more picks that I would love to have. I, I love this trade. But yeah. as a whole, I don't see either trade really working out, especially Dallas. That'd be a random trade. So I'm going to leave this trade. Yeah, I, I don't like that trade at all. All right, we're going to go to the second trade now. 
This is an Orlando Magic and Sacramento trade. This is a questionable Marvin Bagley, Robert Woodard, and the number number nine pick, and then a future 2022 first-round pick for Jonathan Isaac. So this gives Orlando another pick. They're shipping off a young guy. Initially, my thoughts are going to – I'm going to leave this leave this deal off the rip. Another big in Marvin Bagley, you know, number nine pick, and there's a future first-round pick for Jonathan Isaac. I really think if you're the Orlando Magic, you got to lock into this Jonathan Isaac future yeah, if, rebuild. If I'm the Sacramento Kings, I would happily take that deal and get Jonathan Isaac. I mean, Marvin Bagley, he consistently gets injured, and when he plays, he's solid on offense, but he's horrible on defense. I have no idea why – Orlando would even consider that offer, and but if if I was um if I was Sacramento, I'd take that deal any day of the week. Getting John Jonathan Isaac in there with De'Aaron Fox, I think that'd be great for him. Yeah, Bleacher Report considered this as a jettisoning and luxurious move by the Magic if they did do this, but yeah. these are all for fun. So with the Bleacher third Report pick... doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the third third pick, I think I know where this one's going. This is an interesting one, actually. This one is a Ben Simmons trade, like we were talking about. This is Ben Simmons to Portland. So Philadelphia would be receiving, receiving back Robert Covington, obviously he started his career off with the Sixers, and C.J. McCollum for Ben Simmons and Anthony Tolliver. Obviously, it doesn't really matter too much, but what are your thoughts on this trade? I mean, I like this deal, but I like it. I think it makes a little more sense if Portland holds on to Robert Covington because – Portland, this deal makes sense for Portland because they really need defense. But when you're gaining Simmons, you're giving away your best defender in Covington. So I feel like that would make a little less sense for Portland. I think you'd want to hold on to Covington. But I love the idea of McCollum and Simmons being swapped because I think it works out well for both teams. I think we've seen it. How many years has it been now? Like five of this whole CJ and Dane thing. It's clearly not going to get them a championship. So I think you move off of CJ, you get Simmons, he's young. His value is at an all-time low right now. I mean, a year ago, people would have laughed at this trade. And they would have said, no way are we giving up Ben Simmons for CJ. So this is the lowest Simmons' value is ever going to be. You get him. And then if you're Philly, look how close you were to making the Eastern Conference Finals this year with getting no production out of Simmons. Any production, even if McCollum had a bad series, it would still be better than what they got from Simmons and they probably would have won. And most of the time, McCollum steps up in the playoffs. I know he had a couple rough games this year, but I like this trade. But if I was Portland, I would try to keep Covington. Um, I actually love this trade. I, I, I do think it is a good swap. I think it's kind of – it's not undervaluing Ben Simmons. Obviously, giving up Covington is a big move. But they got guys that can fill in the role. Obviously, with a couple draft picks, they could maybe fill this. They got Norman Powell if they can keep him long term. He is a good defender on both sides. He really can play both sides of the basketball and you're getting a great defender in Ben Simmons. You can move him really one through four. He can play them all. Obviously, if you do move CJ, I'd keep I'd keep Dame. I'd keep him around. I really would. And on the Philly side of things, you're getting a great offensive player. You're getting CJ McCollum. And you're getting Robert Covington, who can be a great bench player, even if you want to start him. I think that gives a lot of offense to them. I think it really bounces out their defensive side. And like you said, you're getting production out of someone. So I if I'm if I'm both of these teams. I'd look to maybe make this swap. It makes sense. Obviously, Robert Covington, like you said, an interesting piece. But I think it's a piece that I'd be willing to move for Ben Simmons for his defense, as his team has lacked defense in the past. So I'm going to go ahead and t- I'm going to take this trade. 
All right, wow. we got our we got our next trade. This is also another Ben Simmons trade. I have seen stuff about this trade, which I it's a, it's an interesting trade. So we got it's a Dejounte Murray and Ben Simmons swap. So it's Philadelphia receives Dejounte Murray, Devin Vassell, and the number twelve pick for Ben Simmons and a first pick. Mm. What are your thoughts on this one? I think that's a massive overpay by San Antonio. That that was my first initial thoughts when I saw that. You got a guy in Dejounte Murray who. He can't guard as many positions as Simmons, but at at just guarding guards, he's just as good as Simmons. He can't guard forwards like Simmons can, but he's just as elite on point guard and shooting guard. He's an elite defender. He can. He's not an like an outstanding shooter, but he can shoot the three ball. Simmons can't do it. He can hit his free throws. Simmons can't do it. Uh, Simmons. I honestly think Murray's not much worse of a playmaker. Simmons gets most of his assists in transition. He's not the best playmaker in a half-court offense. And then Devin Vassell was a promising rookie. He's scrappy. He plays very good defense. He can hit some shots. The 12th pick, um, San Antonio always hits on their picks. They've had around the 12th pick the last few years. They've got Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, all these guys have similar rounds of picks. So that's potentially another good player. And I just don't see why you would trade that much for Simmons when, like I said earlier, his value was an all-time low. I really don't like that deal for San Antonio. And then for Philly, I'd love that deal. You're, I mean, if you're getting Vassell and DeJounte Murray, two very good defenders, and you already have guys like Embiid, uh, Matisse Thibel, guys like that, I think you're going to be top five defensive team easily. And you're gaining a lot of shooting. I love that deal for Philly. I don't. I wouldn't say I hate it for the Spurs, but I just don't like it for the Spurs. And uh, the last thing I want to add is, if you do that as the Spurs, Simmons' like best attribute offensively is his playmaking. And who is he playmaking for? If you're getting rid of those guys, I don't think Der- Derek White and um, and Lonnie Walker are gonna maximize Ben Simmons' talent. I, I just don't get that deal if I'm the Spurs. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I do also think it's an overpay. I really do think that they could get away making this deal. Maybe, maybe I don't really know how the contracts works in this scenario. Maybe Vassell had to be in this deal. But I really think they could have maybe gotten away with not giving the 12th pick or Vassell, just one of the two. Because I really do see, like, I, I can see this move happening at the Jante Murray for Ben Simmons swap. Because, or not Kawhi Leonard, uh, Greg Popovich, I don't know why I said Kawhi Leonard. Um, Greg Popovich said he would give anything for Ben Simmons. He loves well, Ben Simmons. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. Um, a former player believes that. So not. Oh, anything. believes it. Believes yeah, it. Yeah, I think I believe it was Bruce Bowen said it. It might have been a different player. Sorry if I'm wrong, but Bruce Bowen said, "I I think Popovich would trade anything." He didn't say Popovich told him that. So, and to Bruce Bowen, I say you're probably wrong, buddy. But. Um, <laughs> I mean, not there's not a lot of stuff that Ben Simmons has going for him right now. It's an interesting deal. I think with the trade that I have sitting right in front of my eyes, I wouldn't take this deal. Yeah. Maybe if there was a couple tweaks, it could happen. So I'm going to go ahead and leave this one again. Yeah, I'm, I think, I'm leaving that in front of the Spurs. If I'm Philly, I'm taking that deal. I, this leads us to our second to last one. And off initial looks, I absolutely love this deal for both sides. It is a Charlotte Hornets and Houston Rockets trade. As the title says, Charlotte capitalizes on Houston's top pick. The Charlotte Hornets will receive Christian Wood, and the Rockets receive P.J. Washington in the number 11th pick. I absolutely love this deal. I think with the Rockets getting the second pick, 
a lot of a lot of stuff surrounding Christian Wood. Christian Wood is a great player who has great All Star potential. You're getting PJ Washington a number eleven pick, and you now have the second pick. I think if they want to go full rebuild mode, I think this is a great move. Obviously, Christian Wood's a young player, but PJ Washington's also a young player who showed promising talent. What are your thoughts? I love this deal. I, I hate I really... this. I hate this deal. I couldn't. I couldn't disagree with you more. If I'm the Rockets, there's no way unless I get an absolutely crazy offer that I'm leaving Christian Wood. All right. What 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 can't he do? What did he show that he couldn't do last year? This guy can play three through five, shoot the ball, get to the cup. He's a decent enough defender. There's no holes in this guy's game. I want to build around him if I'm Houston. I want to get a, a nice guard like Jalen Green with the second pick, and I want Christian Wood, KPJ. These are the guys I want to build around. I like P.J. Washington. The 11th pick is obviously a decently high selection. But if I'm the Rockets, I'm not taking this. From Charlotte's side of the things, hell yeah, I would do this deal. They need a big man. They've needed a big man for a while. P.J. Washington is not a true center. He's more of a power forward. But they've been running him at the center because Cody Zeller is not making <laughs> like he is not doing what he needs to do. Hey, don't so. disrespect Cody Zeller, man. He's a legend. Hey, he's a fine backup center, but he's not a starting center. And I want to, I want to clap back at you real quick. I mean, PJ watching the number eleventh pick. I'm, there's one guy in mind, and it's not Jalen Green. It is Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley has shown that he he is one of the more lengthy, obviously on the skinnier side, but. He is a stud. I, I love this guy. And I think if they if they do, this could be a possible trade. You move Christian Wood, obviously, after one year. But P.J. Washington, a great young star. And you now have two top 14 picks. And one I'd 100% use on Evan Mobley. Now you have Kevin Porter Jr., Evan Mobley, and the potentially number 11 pick. I think this is a great rebounding move. I really do. I love this trade. What? Evan Mobley, if he reaches his potential, is going to be a Christian Wood type of player. I don't, maybe, <laughs> bro, he's one of the best we've seen. This is the loaded. I love this draft. I'm so what, excited. For what this NBA what do you see out of Evan Mobley that Christian Wood doesn't bring to the table? Hmm. Hmm. You know, we're going to put a pin in that one. <laughs> would you rather take the risk because obviously Mobley could end up being a bust or would you rather take the guy that you already have and also you still have the number two pick if you really wanted to like I said earlier would a Shoney can play three through five you can take Mobley anyways you can play these guys together if you really want to um, also I think Suggs wouldn't even be a bad pick for the Rockets at two just get a guy who's an elite playmaker who because Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood are not playmakers they're scorers of the basketball so you get a guy like Suggs who can get them the ball, get it in their spots, and he can also create for himself and score when he needs to. So even though that might seem like a reach at two, I really wouldn't think it was a bad pick for Houston if they picked him. Oh. A lot of turmoil brewing in that one. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to have to see what y'all's thoughts are on that one. We're going to go to the last and final one that we have. You know I'm right. This is, this is actually one that I brought up earlier. It is a Bradley Beal to Golden State trade. So this is Bradley Beal going to the Warriors for Kelly Oubre through a sign-and-trade, James Wiseman, the number seven pick in a 2022nd unprotected first-round pick from the Warriors. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, I, I like this, too. I really do. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm the Wizards, I'm only taking it if I know I can move off of Westbrook as well. Because... I don't want to be stuck with Westbrook without Beal. Because if I, if I have Westbrook, 
I want to be contending for the playoffs. I don't want to just hold them there against his will, you know. And with this deal, they're not a playoff team, even with Westbrook. So hopefully, I would take it if they can move off of Westbrook, clear up the cap space, have a young core. I like Wiseman. He didn't do a whole lot last year, but I do believe he's going to become a star big in this league. And then you still have Rui. You still have Avdia, who, even though he is a forward, he's a point forward, so he can be your lead playmaker. Um, so, yeah, I like, I like this deal a lot. I really do. I think – I think if I'm either team, I'm I'm letting it fly on this one. Even though Beal doesn't necessarily fit the best with Golden State, I think it doesn't matter. Like they they move the ball so well on that team, it really doesn't matter. All all three of those guys and Curry, Clay, and Beal, they'll, they'll fit fine. Yeah, I mean you're getting two the, the top two scorers of this past season, and the Wizards are also getting yeah. only Kelly Oubre. I mean, some might say I've heard a lot of stuff from from people that have said that the Wizards just kind of threw Kelly Oubre away. Obviously, oh they goodness. traded him to the Suns for Trevor Ariza, a questionable they, trade. They gave Oubre and a first-round pick for Trevor Yeah, Ariza. I mean. That well, is such a bad deal. Yeah, obviously, we know some Washington fans ourselves. They weren't too happy about that one. And they're getting James, James Wiseman and a number seven pick. So, the Wizards obviously getting a stable, stable enough for Bradley Beal to really rebuild around. James Wiseman, obviously a guy who was a top pick in last year's draft, and then a number seven pick, and then an additional pick. I mean, I like this trade for both sides. I, a lot of scoring going and, to the Warriors. And like we were saying earlier, if uh, if that deal were to happen, I think then the Warriors could follow through on a Miles Turner trade as well to fill the need at center. Just Interesting. Imagine, imagine that lineup of Steph, Clay, Beal, Draymond, Miles Turner. That's that, a championship that is, team. Obviously, they, they, they can utilize that 14th pick to their advantage because, like you said, you don't think they're going to be using either of these. You think they're going to be trading both of them or at least yeah. utilizing them and, for bigger purposes. And, like, say, say uh, Indiana doesn't – like, they want more than just the 14th pick. Well, last year, all these guys that were playing minutes because of all these injuries, they boosted their trade value. They could move yeah. off Wiggins and the 14th for Turner. Or they could move off Eric Pascal and the 14th for Turner. Yeah. They got they got a lot of assets. Yeah, I think it's only obviously the Warriors have been a dominant franchise for the last couple of years and it's only up and up and up from here. I mean, they got so much so much stuff they can really utilize for the future. I love this deal. Obviously, I'm gonna take this deal. Obviously, I'm assuming that you're gonna take this deal too. Yes. So that is that is that is a good trade. I really do like that one. And, yeah, I, have, I mean. I have a deal that is not off of Bleacher Report. This is something I thought about, and I absolutely love this deal, okay? Got a little bonus trade. I love it. I absolutely – I thought of this, and when I thought of it, I was like, holy shit, this just makes so much sense. I love right. it. So, sorry, P- PG-13 <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, so, you got, you got a team in Minnesota. Huh. No first-round picks. No defensive players on that team, right? Horrible, horrible. Horrible defense. But you have you have the guards in D'Angelo and Edwards, and you got your big in you Towns. Do? But you don't need Edwards and Russell. They, they both score good buckets, but they don't play a lot of defense. They don't fit right together. True. And then I know a team – 
that could use a guy who can shoot the ball at the point guard position. What do you think about D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons? Mm. I think it's a beautiful trade for both teams. That that is an interesting move. That it. What what would it? Hmm. What else would it feature? Would it feature just a couple more picks, maybe, and just a? Uh, yeah, maybe Minnesota has to throw in. Maybe like a Malik Beasley, maybe. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. I think he's in jail right now, so I don't know about <laughs> him. But maybe a future first, like not obviously not this year. They don't have one, but next year or the year after that, a couple seconds. I just think I, it's a great deal for both franchises. I think this is that, that's an interesting move. Obviously, like you said, a horrible defensive team. Anthony Edwards, I saw something. He was like the worst small forward player as far as defense goes, and you're getting a great defensive man. Is it is it Ben Simmons that has that chemistry with Carl Anthony Towns? Or is it oh no, it's Devin Booker. Devin Booker. But Ben Simmons, you bring in Ben Simmons. I I think that's an that's an interesting deal. And obviously there had to be some tweaks to it, including picks, yeah. but I think that that's that is an interesting deal to bring up. And yeah, that's a, another thought about that deal is um a lot like a lot of people have been saying, you know, Simmons is better in like a more spaced out offense. So people might say, Oh, you know, it wouldn't be good with Towns, another dominant center. But if you watch Towns play, the guy can shoot the lights out. That's what he does. So he can easily step out, clear some room for Simmons, hit his threes, and let Simmons get to the cup. That's an interesting move, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because that is that is a very interesting move that I would I would like to see happen. Obviously, not not a lot of ups for the Timberwolves. Bringing in someone like Ben Simmons gives a fresh start. D'Lo. Not a very interesting interesting guy. He he came in, he dropped a couple, but he was injured this season. I think it would be interesting to join the Sixers. I think that is a deal that I would take. Yeah, I mean, it's only up from there if you make that deal. I mean, yeah, to me, it just makes a lot of sense for both teams. Like, I think Philly, you're, you're getting a guy who's still a good – like, D'Angelo Russell's a good playmaker. He can, he can get a lot of assists for his teammates and stuff. Not quite as good as Simmons at it, but he's still good at it. And he scores the ball a lot better. He hits his threes. He hits his free throws. And then Minnesota's adding a whole new dimension on defense. And they're getting some playmaking. They're getting a guy who can elevate Edwards. He can elevate Towns. It just makes a lot of sense for both teams. Yeah, I love that. I do really, really do. Well, that's going to wrap up this this episode two podcast of the to be determined podcast. A lot of good stuff packed into this episode. Hayden, why don't you tell them what we got coming up for the episode three? In episode three, we'll be breaking down Atlanta Hawks versus Milwaukee Bucks game one. We'll be talking about where teams should be or what teams should be doing with their draft picks, among other things. Stay tuned. Be ready. Next podcast dropping on Friday. See ya. We will see you guys then.